0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. We also want to let you know about our Vanguard Collective School of Supernatural Ministry launching this fall. For more information, head to vcssm.com. Or for more resources like this, head to trptampa.com. All right, we've been in a a series called The Full Gospel. We started it last week. If you missed that, that's okay. I'm going to do a little recap. We also have our podcast and even the video um, every week online. We started putting them on YouTube now where you can watch the sermon on YouTube. So you can go back and watch it if you missed it. Um, But I'm going to do a little recap because I want everyone to be on the same page here. The word gospel, many of you know this, actually means good news, right? And so for me, I remember that by saying I need to go spell it out. God is good. That's what I need to do. I need to go spell it out for people. God is good. That's the good news of the gospel, that's what it means. It means good news. Jesus came, did everything necessary for you to be one with God. Good news. Good news, you don't get to make you holy. Good news, you don't actually, you'll never succeed at that. Good news, you get to take a break. You can, you, can, you can fire yourself from that job because God. that's God's job. And he did that by making you one with Christ on the cross. Now you get to have a revelation of that holiness. Now you get to discover it as you grow into maturity, spiritual maturity. Does that make sense? Good news, you don't get to heal you. <laughs> he heals you, right? He does these things. This is, this is really, if we preach the gospel well, everyone would want it. You know what I mean? Like, if we, if we didn't say, good news, God hates blank, that's not good news, right? There are churches going around saying, God hates blank, God hates you, God hates you, God hates that, da-da-da-da-da. No, God loves everyone. God thinks everyone is to die for, okay? God thinks you're to die for. God thinks your neighbors to die for, God thinks your enemies are to die for, thinks your spouse is to die for, (laughs) your boss is to die for, right? Everyone around you is to die for because he did. He died for them, right? Come on, somebody. That's good news. That means you can present a value of, you can present value to people. You can say, you know what? You are eternally valuable. You're actually worth the best that heaven has. Heaven went bankrupt for you and me. You understand that? What's better in heaven than Jesus Christ? Come on. So if you don't see yourself as that valuable or you don't see others as that valuable, then you, you might need a revelation of the good news. That's your value, you know? If I bought a car and paid $10,000 for it, it's, 10, it's worth $10,000 to me because I paid that much, right? If I buy a car and I paid $30,000, it's worth $30,000 because I paid that much, right? Well, God paid his son, paid Jesus the best of heaven Okay, for you and for me, that tells you your worth and value, not what you think about you, but what God thinks about you. Amen? Come on. And not what you think about that person, but what God thinks about that person. That's why our core values are on here. The very first one is honor everyone. That means to properly assign value to every kind of person. You're valuable. Even if you have a different political affiliation than me, even if you have a different opinion about Jesus than me, even if you have another faith, the value doesn't change. You're still to die for. Are you following me? This is the culture we're fighting for. This is the culture we're raising up, one that honors, empowers, and has faith for all people. Honors, empowers, and has faith for all people. Amen? I believe the gospel, the good news of the gospel, carries that to the T. I don't think there's anything, you know, there's no part of the gospel I have to, like, hide from. Like, ooh, I don't know, that's not really good news. Are you following me? Like, every part of it is good. Okay, you got it. So last week, we talked about the standard that was set for fulfilling the ministry of the gospel. So if you are going to be a Christian, good news, you're in full-time ministry. By the way, you know, as soon as you say yes to Jesus, you're in ministry. Your whole life is ministry because the word ministry means servanthood. It means serving. You're called to serve (laughs) full-time. You're called to serve your family full-time. You called to serve your neighbors full-time. Are you following me? Yes? Yes? Okay. So you've been grafted into full-time ministry. Congratulations. No matter what you do, that doesn't mean we all become pastors and church people. Please, no. Okay? Listen, if the guy hanging drywall decided that it wasn't as spiritual to hang drywall as it was to be a pastor, I'd be out of luck this week. We're going to build this room this week, all right? So, I mean... (laughs) Please don't tell the guys who hang drywall and fix toilets that they have to go to Africa in order to gain favor or please God or be spiritual. No, 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 no. Please let them hang drywall and fix my toilet. I don't know how to do that, all right? You can be just as spiritually accurate and spiritually effective in your realm of influence as I am, even more so, in fact, because I'm called to equip you for the work of the ministry. I'm not supposed to be doing all the ministry around here. My team's not supposed to be doing all the ministry around here. You're supposed to be doing all the ministry. And if ministry only happens on Sundays, that's a big fat failure. Failure. It is a failure. If the people only get healed on Sunday at my church, I have failed Tampa Bay. If people only hear about Jesus at my church on Sunday, I have failed my city. Are you following me? I'm excited about this. You know, you seem really excited about that, Caleb. I I am. I really am excited about this. (laughs) I live for this thing, man. Come on, this is not a passive thing. We're not here playing church. I am so done playing church. We need to change the world. Just take five seconds and look at the state of the world. Does it need some help? Guess what? You're the solution. And if you carry the full gospel the way Paul gave it as a standard, we will see it reformed. We will see it. It will happen. I'm going to do that. Anybody want to do that with me? Because I'm going to do that. Let's do it. (laughs) Amen. So he gave that standard in Romans 15, just recapping here, Romans 15, 18 through 19. He said, the standard for fulfilling the gospel, for fully preaching it, is by word, deed, signs, and wonders, all by the power of the Spirit of God. Say it with me, by word, deed, signs, wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. That is the standard that Paul set. That does not... That doesn't reflect my life experience, you know? I talked about it a lot last week. Like, my life doesn't, doesn't have word, deeds, signs, and wonders all throughout it. Sometimes I didn't give the right word. Sometimes I didn't do the right deed. Some, I've, you know, there's a lack of signs and wonders sometimes. There have been some, you know? But listen, we're not, we're not taking our experience and lowering our theology to that level. We're not doing that. We're commanding our experience to raise to the level of truth. That's what we're doing around here. That's the standard. Are you Okay. I know it's not comfortable. It's going to get more uncomfortable. Don't worry. As I go today, just, it's, it's okay. So Isaiah 53, 5, we talked about that, how he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, right? Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. That's right. We talked about how healing is in the atonement. Healing is in what Jesus did because he didn't just pay for your sins. He paid for the punishment for your sins. He didn't just pay for the rebellion. He paid for the effect of the rebellion in your life. So anything you got while sinning, Jesus already paid for it. Are you following me? Any, any disaster or any hardship because of a mistake you made, that's included in Jesus' sacrifice. That's good news. Come on, somebody. You don't have to live with it. You can walk out of that thing like Brian was talking about. You can walk out of that thing today, by the way. <laughs> You're invited to do that. So <clears throat> That's just a little recap of last week. Hope that wasn't too quick for you. Because today I want to talk about the Great Commission. Jesus, in Matthew 28, he gave a great final last word. This is the last words of Jesus on the earth before he ascended, okay? So that's why we call it the Great Commission. Here's what you need to know. The Great Commission is actually a a mission to co-labor with God. See what I did there? It's called the co-mission. It's a mission to co-labor with God. All right? I'm going to show that to you. In Matthew 28... 18 through 20, in the Passion Translation it says, Jesus came close to them and said, All the authority of the universe has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Other translations say, Now wherever you go, say wherever you go. Wherever you go. So it didn't, I didn't, I just want to make sure it doesn't say when you go to church, right? <laughs> wherever you go, it doesn't say when you go to uh, Bible college. We have one, by the way. I'm not knocking. Bible schools and stuff, supernatural schools. It doesn't say that. It says wherever you go, like when you go to lunch today, right, or to work tomorrow, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. That word disciples literally means learners, learners. Now, there's a little change in paradigm because I hang out with church people. All right, now, listen. I hang out with church people. It seems like we've learned everything we need to learn, and we're the ones that need to do the teaching to everybody else. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Is the culprit in your chair? That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. Don't look. Don't look now. But who I'm talking about might be in your chair. All right? We need to be learners who say, I don't know nothing, man. It's one of my favorite sayings. I don't know nothing. Compared to all the things there are to know, I know nothing. I don't know nothing. All right? Yes, Jesus is God. I'm not going to change my mind on that. That's the truth. But I don't know nothing. All right, I'm learning here. Are you learning? I'm learning. I'm learning. It's a humble approach, I know. Anyway, make disciples of all nations. That word nations is people groups. So that doesn't mean, you know, you get to just minister to the people who look like you. And it doesn't mean you have to go to Africa. There are plenty of people groups moving into your neighborhood right now. (laughs) Come on. Make learners of all people groups. How are you going to do that? Mm, By example, Okay, this is really good. I'm convinced. <laughs> Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And here it is. Teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. With you every day. Jesus never leaves you nor forsakes you, right? Jesus is always with you. You, you know, if you just started the practice of like walking into work or walking into your house and going, Jesus is here. Like, what if you just, like, took awareness to another level and you said, you know what? Like, today, when I maybe take a nap, I'm going to fall asleep and go, Jesus is in this room while I'm napping. Like, you know, just like, if it's true, he'll never leave you nor forsake you, then that's always true. He's always in the room, right? Like, you understand, what if we understood that Jesus was in this room right now? What if that wasn't some flighty, weird thing? What if it was a real truth? What if it was reality, that there's a king in the room? Would you act any different? (laughs) Would you change? Guess what? He's in the room. Whoever watching on live stream, he's in your room. <laughs> and that's a good thing. He never leaves you, like, no matter what you do. <laughs> like, even if you sin, he's in the room. Are you following me? Some of y'all have mixed emotions about this, right? <laughs> it's a good thing. That means he's never letting you go. He's never going away. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you think. No matter how many times you read your Bible, he's not leaving. He's not like, oh, are they reading their Bible? Gabriel, you know, one of the archangels. Gabriel, go check if he's reading his Bible. Is he reading? Okay, I'll come. No, he's just there. He's the ever present help, right? Amen. Omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. Where can I go from your spirit, O oh Lord? I go to the highest heights, you're there. If I go to the lowest depths, you're there. Amen. He's with us. That's why it's a mission to co-labor with God, all right? And this line, I've highlighted it because it it says, teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. Let's say this together. All that I have commanded you. That's right. So there's a few things on that list of things he commanded them to do that I don't do. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's a few things on that list that maybe you don't do. Are you with me? Are you okay? challenge you too quickly or too hard or something. Let's, 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 it's okay. It's going to be fine. <laughs> he commanded them to heal the sick. He didn't tell them to pray for the sick. I know James 5 says pray for those who are sick. I know. But Jesus said heal the sick. Let's read it. Matthew 10, verse 7 through 8 in the Passion Translation. I love this translation of the Bible. It feels current. It says, as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible. Come on. Heaven's He said, as you go, preach this message. Hey, heaven is accessible. He didn't say, go tell only these people, you know. And he, he did say, first go to the Jews, because first salvation to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. But now, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. The whole world is a candidate for the love of God. Are you following me? Yes? Okay. He says, go tell this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible. What if your life preached that message? Oh, I know, Joe. Joe's life proves to me that heaven is close enough to touch. (laughs) You think that would change your situation, Joe, wherever you are? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. Anybody challenged by that command? Because it's one of the all. He said, teach them to follow all that I commanded you. This is a command. Did you hear any suggestions in there? (laughs) Me neither. Listen to it in the English Standard Version. It's a little shorter. Same verse. And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Freely you've received. Freely give. Now this word, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is really interesting. Because it's in the Greek, it's, I don't know how to say it, egizo, I don't know. It says, it means, has drawn close. The kingdom of heaven has drawn close. The kingdom of heaven has, and it goes on and helps word studies, it says, it's extreme closeness or immediate imminence. All right? The kingdom of heaven is extremely close to you right now. About arm's length away. Whenever you're going through your life, this is the radius of the kingdom right here. This is how, how far it reaches right here. Come on. The kingdom of heaven is accessible at hand. It's drawn close, actually. You know that you didn't choose God? God chose you. The kingdom drew close to you, and you just agreed. You just accepted it. You said, all right, I'll yield to that. I'll submit to that. are you following? Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So what's this business about you being able to like lose what God gave you, losing your salvation, losing your whatever? It wasn't, you didn't, you didn't start this thing. You didn't initiate it so you don't get to uninitiate it. He chose you. Are you following me? This is good news. When it says heal the sick, that's absolutely a physical healing he's talking about. Bring physical healing to people. Jesus commanded them that, and then he said, everyone who comes after you, who you disciple, teach them to follow all my commands. This is one of the commands. You're commanded by the Lord today, if news flash, you're called to heal the sick. It's not for some who have a gift of healing. You're commanded to heal the sick. It's not for the special people with the nice white shirt to heal the sick, or the white suit or whatever, you know? It's not for that. In fact, those people, the ones who are working at church like me, we're supposed to equip you to heal the sick, supposed to set you on a course to do that. If I'm the only one praying for the sick, we failed. (laughs) You might notice I don't actually, I'm not on the restoration team because there are people who are better at it than I am. (laughs) Is that okay? Are you like, oh, no, I ain't coming back to this church, this guy... (laughs) He admits he's got problems. He admits he doesn't, the experience of his life doesn't match the full gospel, and he doesn't even heal everybody around here. I don't know. Might need to find a new church. I don't know. This is crazy. I'm being funny, because I want you to laugh a little more, because you seem really tense about this thing. But I get it. I get it. It's a line in the sand. When I started discovering this, I grew up in a denomination that didn't talk about this, all right? So this isn't even my background. All right, I'm like five years into believing this. I am. I didn't even get baptized in the Holy Ghost until 2014. Yeah, I grew up in a place that had word and deed, but no signs, no wonders, and the power of the Spirit, nah. We had the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. That's what we had, all right? So we we didn't see this stuff. So I'm not even preaching my upbringing or my experience. I'm telling you, this is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus said to do, and I'm calling you up to that. You're being called up, not called out. Are you following me? I know a lot of these people who preach this stuff. Like it might feel like I'm calling you out, but I'm actually not calling you out. I'm calling you up. Like the power of the Holy Spirit that's always with you is here to do this thing. All you got to do is yield to it, stretch out your hand, and give it away freely. You've received, freely give. So he says, heal the sick. I'm gonna just break down a couple of these things. He says, raise the dead. I've never raised the dead. Still a command I'm supposed to follow. Are you following me? Anybody? Okay. Like this is what he called us to do. Now that absolutely means physically dead, like Lazarus dead, like dead, dead, dead. And, you know, you might think, you might have heard some teachings about like agreement, like the person you're praying for needs to agree with you. That doesn't shake out in the story of Lazarus. I don't know how much agreement a dead man can have. I don't know how much much agreement a dead person can have for you to raise them from the dead. And it's not about agreement between you and the person. It's about agreement between you and heaven and the command of God on your life. One person in God is the majority. You're the big stick. You understand? You start believing this stuff about you, you know, about yourself, you bump into people that get healed. All right? All right. I told a story last week about a box disappearing from a guy I just touched on the head. You can watch the podcast. I didn't even pray for him. I touched his head, boop, and a metal box disappeared. Crazy. Crazy that's crazy raise the dead so that's physically dead it also means spiritually dead those who are dead in their their own life they're walking around you know Ephesians 2 actually says we were dead in the transgressions in which we once walked all right zombies are in the bible (laughs) y'all we were dead in the transgressions in which we once walked that's the walking dead zombies are in your bible Ephesians 2 1 through 2 we were dead and the transgressions in which we once walked, a dead guy walking. You know, we were dead. You're called to do that. You're a zombie slayer in the kingdom. Anybody, is this helping anybody? That's good news. All right. You're supposed to raise people out of that lifestyle of deadness. All right. Amen. Amen. Let's just keep going. Cast out demons. That's still very real today. I've seen demons cast out of people. I've cast out demons. It's not just for Bible times because you're in Bible times. Come on, somebody. Now, this is my opinion. Say so Caleb's opinion. Say it better so I don't get called a heretic. Say Caleb's opinion. Yeah. Because you can't really prove it either way. But I don't believe a Christian can be possessed by a demon because we're possessed by the Holy Spirit and there ain't no more room in there. All right? That's just my opinion. All right? He fills every single part. All right? But a Christian can be oppressed by a demon. That means something can be on you or attached to you. A demonic presence. Yeah. Demons. Demons still operate today and we're supposed to advance the kingdom by casting them out this is the following the commands of Jesus I know this stuff's creepy I know people have done it weird and wrong and all that but just because it's been abused doesn't mean we neglect it just like if you have an abused child you wouldn't neglect them as a means of their healing or a means of their wholeness you would nurture them you would bring it into health you would do it the right way come on somebody the church needs to nurture and bring into health these truths again. This is the standard. It is. And then he says, you have received without pain. I'm sorry, cleanse lepers. I skipped over one. Cleanse lepers. That word, lepers, yeah, there are current day lepers, but leprosy isn't like a big epidemic. It was not the day. But lepers were the outcasts of society. Okay? So you're supposed to bring wholeness, cleansing. You're supposed to call in the outcasts of society. That's what I read with that when I say, it says cleanse lepers. All right? Maybe even the ones that you've casted out in your own heart and your own mind. Maybe the family member you don't like to talk to, you're supposed to bring cleansing, healing to that situation. Maybe the person you don't agree with, all right, who isn't necessarily an outcast of society, but they're an outcast of your heart, you're supposed to bring healing to that, cleansing to that. Amen? Come on. And then he says, You've received without paying, give without pay. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. That means don't let anything be an obstacle in your way. Don't let any offense be an obstacle because people preach that. Has anyone heard that say that ministers shouldn't get paid? Has anyone heard that before? Yeah? Anybody? Okay. I've heard that from the pulpit, like you shouldn't be charging for the gospel. You shouldn't get paid well. Paul said a workman's worth his wages. You don't tread the ox when it treads for gra- or muscle the ox when it treads for grain, right? Those who labor among you for your spiritual well-being should be should reap a harvest of natural things. So it says in Corinthians, I believe it is. So a whole bunch of scripture that disagrees with that idea. So what is he talking about? Was he saying, hey, when you go to you know Capernaum or whatever, disciples, like put yourself in the the story. He said this to the twelve guys, right? He sent them out two by two, all that stuff. He, do you think that he was saying, when you go to that city over there, don't tell them you're charging an honorarium for the healing that you're, no. Do you think they were standing at the, he's, they were afraid of them standing at the city going, I'm going to heal some people if you guys raise a, take an offering. That's not what they were doing. Are you following me? That's not the context. The context was, you didn't do anything to get this, so don't make them do anything to get it. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. You didn't do anything to receive salvation, so don't make them do anything to receive salvation. Here's what happens. The church gets salvation, and then we expect others to clean up their life before they can have it. The church receives salvation freely, and then we expect people to think like us, look like us, smell like us, talk like us, before we can extend it to them. That's not freely giving what you freely received. Listen, I don't care. You can, be, you can be doing anything under the sun, and you are welcome here. You are welcome. Why? It's my job to give you something, not your job to get your life together and give me something. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Christians would prefer, I'm just going to call every single one of you out right now. All right? I'm going to call out the whole church right now. All right. This is a generalization. Are you following me? That's silly. I'm not calling everyone out. It's a generalization. Are you following me? But generally, by and large, we want people to get dressed right, to get their life right, to get things right before they come in here and hang out. It's not going to work that way. It's not. Listen, and you might say, well, you're preaching the sloppy grace, seeker-friendly. Well, Jesus was extremely seeker-friendly. What seeker was he not friendly towards? I'm going to write a book one day called Seeker Friendly Jesus and just tick everybody off. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Jesus was extremely seeker friendly. Now, here's the deal. We know that to mean water down the message. Jesus didn't change the message, but he welcomed everyone. He said, anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink. And rivers of living water, prostitutes, whatever, fill in the blank, drug addicts, whatever. It doesn't matter. Homosexuals bring them, please. Like, honestly, a little bit, just cable soapbox real quick. I'm a little bit tired of all y'all that disagree with me. I'd like to see a few more that don't think like me (laughs) or think like you in here. I'd like to see a few more that aren't dressed well or smell nice in here, because all y'all are really nice, and you dress really nice, you look really nice, and I'd like to see a few people that are on the fringes, a few outcasts invited in. I'm not an evangelist. Well, doesn't mean you're exempt from evangelizing. All right? The kingdom of heaven is at your hands. What are you withholding from these people? You see a homeless person on the way here? Stop. Ask them if they want to come. Like, I'm trying to make it as practical as I can. Take them to lunch afterwards. You follow me? Yeah, you're like, "Oh, I ain't doing that." Right? <laughs> Come on now. If we're just having a holy huddle, I'll shut it down right now on our one year. I will shut it down. I am not into that. I don't know why I'm talking so straight to y'all. You you must need it. I don't know. Or maybe someone online. All the other Christians online, all the professional Christians <laughs> over there. That's who I'm talking to. Ah, oh, it makes sense. Are you okay? If the kingdom of heaven is at hand that means it's if you've grasped it it's in your hand the kingdom of heaven is in your hand So what are you handing to people what are you releasing to people You know the mission of this house is for the lost to be found the found to be free and peace to reign in our city It's never going to happen if we're just receiving 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 we have to give 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 God is a giver God gives and gives again and gives away. God gives and gives away. That's what God does. And you might say, well, God gives and takes away. Job said that in ignorance, by the way. So you, if you want to say you ignorant too, that's fine. All right, so Job thought that God had taken his family. You know the story of Job? Yeah? This is not anywhere near what I'm supposed to be preaching on. Whatever. You, somebody needs to hear it. Job said he, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away because he thought that the Lord had taken away his family. But the devil, in the very next scene, is right in front of God. And God says, even though you made it look like I was the one doing these things to him, he still hasn't cursed me. Did you hear that? Look this up. God says, even though you made it look like it was me, he still hasn't cursed me. What does that mean? It wasn't God. It was the devil. All right? So the Lord doesn't give and take away. He gives and takes away my shame. He takes away my sin. He takes away my turmoil. He takes away my pain. He gives and gives and gives and gives and gives, and you're supposed to be like that. Be, therefore, imitators of God. Amen? God gives. Be a giver. That's how it's got to work. It's in your hands. The kingdom of heaven is in your hands, at hand. Amen? Amen. This is the standard, and this is what we're going to do. And it might freak you out. You might not come back. That's fine. I'm going to find some people that want to do it, They'll want to see the kingdom advanced as Jesus said it should advance, all right? I don't need another program. I don't need another opinion. I got a whole book full of God's programs and opinions, all right? We're just following the the playbook here. Are you with me? just feels like I scared somebody or something in here, you know? It's okay. Like I said, it doesn't match my experience or whatever. You come to Fresh Starts, and I hear about my mom, who I prayed for in my ignorance. Okay. Holy Ghost just said, no, share it now. Here you go. Here it is. All right. I was going to wait. I was going to bait you. Like, you know, you got to come to Fresh Start to hear this story. What is that? I just share it every week. That's all. My mom, I grew up, like I said, father, son, holy Bible, right? Anybody else? Anybody like me? You grew up that way? Let me see your hands really high. Okay. I'm not alone. You guys got it. All right. So I grew up, and that was my paradigm, and my mother was sick my whole life. She was struck by lightning when she was 18 years old. right, she was on the telephone. The lightning hit the pole and hit her inner ear. Her nervous system got damaged. Long story short, over 30 years of chronic pain, migraines, uh, seizures. Her migraines would send her into seizures. She had fibromyalgia symptoms without fibromyalgia. She was really messed up, all right? And all they knew to do because they can't, you know, operate on your nervous system yet, in Jesus' name. Hospitals, doctors are amazing, by the way. I'm not against any of that if you're hearing that. I'm not saying that. But they obviously don't know how to handle a nervous system that's been lightning bolted. You know what I mean? Like she just, they couldn't fix it. So they just gave her drugs. They just doped her up, all right? And if you're on medication, I ain't mad at you for that, whatever. I have been, I, my wife has been, we're not, we're not mad about that. But she was on medication, all they knew how to do was dope her up. And at the end of this thing, September 2012, she was on 80 milligrams of oxycodone every four hours, 80, not 18, 80, eight, zero, every four hours with Percocet, dilated and fentanyl all throughout the day. Yeah, fentanyl is like, you know, cocaine or whatever, or what is it? It's tantamount to um, the H word, whatever, I don't remember. It's heavy drugs, all right? Really heavy. So my mom was like that. I went to Honduras on a missions trip, and I met some people that were praying for the sick, and they had faith that I didn't have, all right? And so... They're doing that, and they're, they're commanding pain to go and all stuff, and I just think they're crazy. I'm like, I, this is weird. I'm not supposed to be with these people. I learned growing up that you people are of the devil, you know, all you tongue-talking, shouting, running, healing the sick people. You're all of the devil, all right, and you're all false teachers and blah, blah, blah. That's what I learned. All right, and here I am in a third world country trapped with these people, okay? I didn't even pay my own way. My boss paid my way. So I couldn't even get home if I wanted to, and I wanted to. I'll tell you, I wanted to. Some of the people who were on that trip actually go to this church now, and they'll tell you, I wanted to get out of there. Freaked me out real bad, okay? But then I get home, and I go to my mom's house to tell her about all these crazies I was with in Honduras. It's like, Mom, you got to hear about all these crazy people. They're like, shouting at demons and running around. It was weird, you know? It was weird. I get there. My mom's crying. She's shaking. She's on the couch, and she uh, is really in a bad way, and she tells me she's run out of pills. She's self-medicated. She quit. She got all mixed up with her, her pills. She was two weeks out from her next medication, and she didn't have any, and that's a big deal with that kind of drugs. Anybody know about this kind of drugs? Big deal. You can die with just stopping like that, okay? And so, I hear a voice in my head while sitting on the couch and my mom's crying. I hear a voice say, Lay hands on her. <laughs> it didn't sound like that, but I wanted to be funny. Said, so Lay hands on her. And I said to the voice, No. <laughs> I'm hearing voices. <laughs> no. And I'm having an argument with God in my head. I knew it was God instinctively because I didn't want to do it, so it wasn't me. Come on, are you follow me. The devil wouldn't want me to pray for my mom, so it wasn't the devil. Had to be God. So, it's kind of like my little test I ran there, and somehow in my theology, I understood the devil could talk to me, but God couldn't. I don't know. It's really weird. Really weird. So... Lay hands on her. I said, no. The voice repeated itself. Lay hands on her. The voice repeated itself. Lay hands on her. The voice repeated itself. Lay hands on her. I'm like, I'm not in Honduras. I don't do that kind of thing. I was involved with those people, but I'm not, I'm not that guy. You know, this is the conversation I'm having with God while my mom's crying and desperate. I didn't know the kingdom of heaven was accessible and at hand at the moment. But there she is crying, and I'm hearing this voice. And it just kept repeating itself like an annoying little brother, lay hands on her, lay hands, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, I'm about to touch you, yeah, lay hands on her, lay hands on her, lay hands on her. I'm like, oh, I finally gave up. I said, fine, God, it's not going to work, but I will do it anyway. That was my prayer of faith. This should encourage you. <laughs> this is my big prayer of faith right there. God, it's not going to work, but I'll do it anyway. That's what I said to God. I stood up, felt like a total idiot, and I said, Mom, stand up. We're going to pray for you. I walked over to her. I put my hands on her, and I prayed the sassiest prayer on heaven's refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, when you get there, you'll see it. It's, it's there in crayon like a little punk wrote it. I said, God, it says in your word, just like that, your word, these signs will follow them to believe. That's Mark 16. And I believe, because I had read the passage. It was talking about believing in the Son of God, not believing in the signs of God. It says, signs follow those who believe in the Son. I believed in Jesus. I believed in the Son. So I said, I agree. And then something came out of my mouth. I have heard a lot since. I had never heard before this. I wasn't listening to all these guys. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in these circles, okay? You know, I just all of a sudden said, I command a full restoration by your spirit. All pain, get out in Jesus' name. Just like that. And my mom said it felt like a plug was pulled from the bottom of her foot and all the pain drained out of her body in that instant. Right there. That was September 2012. She is at this very moment. She has been pain-free, pill-free, prescription-free since that moment in September 2012. She looks at me and says, I have no pain in my body. And I looked at her and said, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't know about She's like, I don't have any pain in my body. It's like a plug was pulled. And I'm like, I didn't want to mess it up. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I went to Honduras. I prayed for the sick. That, yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you, Jesus. I knew that was going to happen. I sat down on the inside. I'm like, do we blow a trumpet? Do we wave a flag? Do I try to speak Japanese? I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do. How do we make it stay, you know? <laughs> that was literally how it went. And then for about a year, I didn't, I believe the pain was coming back. I believe I was like praying really spiritual sounding things like, thank you, God, for this dispensation of grace. I was praying really big words make it spiritual, right? So I'm praying. It makes it right. So I'm praying the season of mercy. Thank you, God, for extending your hand to heal for a season. I was like giving God all the outs he needed. Never came back. Pain never came back. She's now a travel nurse. She's on an assignment right now. She couldn't drive a car before because she had seizures. She couldn't drive a car. She's now a travel nurse, travels America, extending the healing hands of Christ she prays for her patience she's a nurse she's amazing if that can be done in unbelief and a whole bunch of sass what can be done in agreement what can be done with agreement right if God can do that when I'm like it ain't gonna work well I'll do it anyway What can you do? And I'm like, yes, Lord, this is your desire that we would heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers. Why? Because that is what preaches the kingdom. That's what fulfills the ministry of the gospel, word, deed, signs, wonders, all by the power of the Spirit of God. That's the standard. Amen? Amen. The Great Commission is not just an evangelistic thing. It's a mission to co-labor with God, and you're all invited to co-labor with God. To do what God is doing, to say what God is saying. Amen? Amen. What if just like a few of us got on fire and did that? What would happen? The city wouldn't be able to take it for much longer. You know what I mean? Come on. Let's do it. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you've heard. We also want to let you know about our Vanguard Collective School of Supernatural Ministry launching this fall. For more information, head to vcssm.com, or for more resources like this, head to trptampa.com.